Today is our final day in our sermon series called Reset. Uh, It's a series that we really built around this, this idea that there are things in our past that we wish we could go back and redo. That we had a reset button that we could push go back in time, and avoid the things that uh, we're embarrassed about. Avoid the mistakes that we've made and the sins that we've committed, those things that embarrass us. Unfortunately, that button doesn't exist. However, what we've seen in this series is that uh, there is a way to reset, to start over, in a sense, and it's in Jesus. If you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, the, the very first week we looked at baptism, And how in our baptism, God reset us. He declared us not guilty of any of our past mistakes, of any of our future mistakes. Uh, Any of them, we are declared not guilty. The second week, we saw how we are new creations. How how God doesn't label us according to our past mistakes. Uh, Instead, he, He labels us by His own definition. And that is that we are forgiven children of God. We are blood bought children. Blameless in His sight. And then as new creations, last week we looked at how our goal, we have one focus in mind, one goal, and that is to fully know Christ and Him alone. And that's what we strive for. We strive to know Him and and we will continue to strive to know Him until we finally reach heaven where we will know Him fully. Because we'll see Him face to face. And so as we begin today, and we, we begin to look at now what is basically where we're at today. Uh, I've got a question for you. And that is, how's the reset life going? Are you still struggling with the same temptations you used to? Uh, Does it seem like you're sprinting away from temptation and you're running and you're running, uh, but temptation seems to catch up to you no matter how fast you run? Uh, Are you still struggling with the same mistakes and the same failures, do they still haunt you now like they did before? That's what my friend discovered. A friend in college who lived a few doors down from me, uh, we were both studying to be pastors, and we were both growing in God's Word, both knowledge uh, and in transformation, really, uh, in our lives uh, as we were studying God's Word. But one day he had a realization. He still struggled with the same temptations, the same sins that he used to struggle with before he started growing. And so he came to me one one day and he said, you know, I I don't even know if I'm a Christian. Because if I'm a Christian, how do I still struggle with these things? How come I'm still falling into the same temptations that I used to? Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've experienced how... uh, you used to not fall, or you used to fall into temptation, and now that you're a Christian, you don't think that you should be falling into the same temptation, but you are. You continue to struggle with it. And maybe you've questioned just like him, am I really a Christian? Because Christians shouldn't struggle with the same temptations, right? Wrong. Today we're going to see in Romans chapter 7 how the Apostle Paul struggled with this same exact Thing, the same concept. And we're in Romans chapter 7. Romans was a, a letter originally written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians living in Rome. Uh, it was around 55 to 58 AD. 
Paul had never been to Rome, but he wanted to go to Rome uh, and, and spread Christianity. But Christianity was spread there before he got there, and uh, a Christian church was formed. And so because Paul hadn't been there, he hadn't been able to teach them yet. And so the letter to the Romans is very doctrinal, very deep teachings of the Bible. And in this deep teaching, Paul picks up on a truth in chapter 7, and that is that Christians still struggle with sin. We're beginning with verse 14 today. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good, that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me. Paul had been reset. The Holy Spirit had worked faith in his heart that Jesus is his Savior. He knew and believed that his sins were nailed to the cross, and God saw him now as perfect, holy, innocent, blameless. Uh, We call that the saint. God saw Paul as a saint, because a saint means a holy one. And the same is true for you and me. When Jesus died on the cross, that's where our sins were nailed. That's where they have stayed. And and so God doesn't see us by our sins. Instead, He sees us as holy, blameless, innocent. And so in that way, we are saints. We are holy ones in the sight of God. And Paul the saint wants to live a life that pleases God. He wants to live a life uh, that gives God thanks for what He's done for him. And so Paul looks at uh, the Ten Commandments and he says, Yep, I want to live that way. That's what I want to do because it pleases God. That's the Christian in him, the saint. And that's what the saint says. He wants to live to please God. But then evening rolls around. And Paul takes inventory of his day. He he looks at the Ten Commandments and he looks at uh, his performance throughout the day and he discovers something completely horrifying. His performance does not match his intentions. Paul intended to live a life that pleased God, to keep the commandments, and yet his performance showed he failed over and over again. He can't live up to God's law on his own. And he's confused. He says, For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. You see, he wants to live up to God's law. He wants to live for Him. He doesn't want to do the things that he'd been reset for from. So those horrible uh, thoughts, those evil actions, the, the embarrassing words that came out of his mouth, he doesn't want to do those things. Because he'd been reset from them, and yet he finds himself doing them again and again. And that's because Paul knew a truth that's true about us all. And it's your first point today. Even though I'm reset, 
Sin has a firm hold on me. Even though I've been reset, sin has a firm hold on me. You see, what Paul was doing was stating a struggle that we all face. We all face what Paul had, a sinful nature. The sinful nature is the part of us inside that likes to sin. And each of us have it. It's been handed down from generation to generation. Ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin, they've passed down sin like it was a disease. We were born with it. And there's nothing we can do to get rid of it. So even though our sin's been nailed to the cross, even though they've been nailed to the cross of Christ, we still have the sinful nature in us that likes to sin. And we can't get rid of it. And this is extremely important to remember. And here's why. Jesus doesn't just reset us and and then looks at us and says, hey, go and do it the rest of the way. He doesn't say, hey, you have a clean slate, don't mess up this time. No. We need Jesus every single minute of the day because we can't overcome sin. Sin has a firm hold on each and every one of us. If we look to our own abilities to control sin and to follow God's law, we're going to fail. I'll say it again. If we look to our own abilities to follow God's law and fight sin, we are going to lose because sin has a firm grip on us. Sin will overpower us and take us over. And we will fail. We will sin. How many of you know who Bruce Banner is? Okay, how many of you know who uh, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk is? Okay, same person. They're the same exact person. Bruce Banner's the the civilian. He's like the normal guy like you and me. Uh, The Hulk is what lives inside. And normally Bruce Banner is okay. He's fine. Until... He starts having emotional stress on him, whether it be from the outside or if the stress comes from inside. But once that stress comes, the inner Hulk starts to come out. And no matter what Bruce Banner does to try to control the Hulk from coming out, he can't control it and the Hulk just comes out. No matter how hard he tries, the Hulk comes out. He can't control it. That's what Paul is saying. No matter how hard Paul tries, he continued to do the things he didn't want to do. Why? Because sin has a firm hold on him. Does Paul's struggle sound familiar? Do you have a hard time trying to uh, keep temptation at bay? To keep sin in check? Maybe you come home from work after a long, stressful day, and, and you don't want to take it out on your family. You don't. And, and so you try to contain it, you try to keep it in, and yet uh, you can't. And eventually it just comes out in a rage. Maybe you're in a conversation with some friends, and uh, you know what God's Word says about gossiping. You don't want to do it, and yet... Conversation starts taking place, and and finally it just comes out. You need to tell them what you know. Maybe you're at home, you know, and you're home alone. You know what God says about lusting, and you don't want to lust, and yet the 
passion inside is so great that you almost can't control it and next thing you know it, you're on the website again. You don't want to worry and yet uh, you can't stop worrying. Your mind always goes to worst possible situations. You seem to be drawn towards anger and you can't control it. You seem to be drawn towards those perverted thoughts, towards uh, the suicidal thoughts, and even though you don't want to have them, you can't stop thinking about it. The list goes on and on. Because sin has a firm grasp on us all. But Paul notices something, and Paul also picks up on a truth that I want to point out before we move on. And that's, this is what he says. He says, Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Is Paul dodging responsibility? No. Uh, Paul's not saying, look, I can't really be blamed for it because uh, it's sin living in me. Can't control it. Who knows? Uh, not, my, not my problem, though. No, that's not what Paul's saying. Paul is, is talking about a truth here that is true for each and every one of us, but for those who are in Christ. And that is that our sin doesn't define us. We don't associate with the sinful nature. We associate with who God says we are. God says we are His forgiven, dearly loved children. Holy forgiven. And so we don't define ourselves by our sin. Sin lives in us, but that's not who we are. We are a new creation in Christ. That is who we are. And as we live our life for God, our sinful nature is right there with us, and it frustrates Paul. And that's what Paul says here in 21 through 25. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God, who delivers me, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. If you're following along in your worship folder, here's point number two. No matter how hard I try, sin frustrates the reset life. No matter how hard Paul tried, sin frustrated his plans to live for God. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you've seen the movies, mostly cartoon movies, where they've got a good angel on one shoulder and a demon on the other. And the good angel's telling the person all of the good things that they should be doing. And the demon's there saying, that's no fun. That's no fun. Don't do that. Do this instead. And, and always encourages them to do something sinful. That is what's going on inside of every Christian. We have the new creation, the one who wants to live for God in us. But we also have the sinful nature who wants to sin. And it is a battle going on inside of us. And it's frustrating because all we want to do is live for God and yet sin is there influencing everything we do. Paul realized this. He realized there was a war going on inside. The sinful nature 
versus his new nature, his Christian nature. And when Paul tried to win this battle by himself, he was always frustrated because he lost, because sin overcame him. And finally, he gets to the point where he is completely defeated and he says, What a wretched man I am. I can't even do the good I want to do. And the same is true for you and me. When we look to ourselves, sin is going to overpower us. And we're going to be left saying, what a wretched man I am. What a wretched person I am. I can't even do the good I want to do. That's where we are going to be left. But did you catch how Paul ended this section? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Your last point for today is a reset life has been delivered by God. On our own, we are doomed. We are bound by sin, overcome by sin, and unable to save ourselves. And the the truth is, we're going to mess up. We're going to fail. We're going to sin because sin uh, has has a firm grasp on each and every one of us. But thanks be to God. He gives us a victory through Jesus Christ. And it's because of Him that there is no condemnation for our sin. That's what our sin deserves. We deserve eternal condemnation in hell because of our sin. That's what our actions, our thoughts, our desires, uh, our words, that's what they deserve. And yet that's not what God gives us. Instead, He rescues us. He delivers us from sin. And He did it by sending Jesus. He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. We have this struggle, this battle going on inside, and yet Jesus has already won the victory against sin. And He did it by coming to earth and living perfectly in our place. He lived a perfect life. The Bible says He was tempted in every way that we are and yet was without sin. He was without sin. And then Jesus made a trade with us. He said, here, I will give you my perfect life, and in return, you give me all of your sins. That's a trade He made with us. We get His perfect life. He takes all of our sins. And then He took all of those sins, and He nailed them to the cross with Himself when He was crucified there on Good Friday. And He completely conquered sin. And so as we struggle in this life with sin, as we struggle, we don't struggle from the vantage point of we have to win the war. We are already victors in Christ. We have already won because Christ has already won for us. Now, so does that mean that we can go out and sin and it's no big deal because Jesus died on the cross? No, that's not what that means. When Jesus died, He didn't give us a license to sin, to say, go out and do whatever you want because I already paid for it. No. 
Instead, Jesus freed us to not sin. Now we can say no. Now we can say, no, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to live to please my Lord. Now we can struggle. And we can fight sin. And we will continue to fight it. We will continue to fight temptation until that day when He ultimately delivers us. When He raises our bodies back to life from the dead and He gives us our heavenly body. When sin will be completely removed forever. We will never experience sin again once we're in heaven. It will no longer influence us. It will no longer be a part of us. Until then, we struggle. And yet Jesus is here with us every step of the way. He's giving us strength to fight temptation. He is giving us uh, the ability to persevere through temptation. He is there with us, catching us when we fall, and picking us back up and reminding us that we are forgiven, dearly loved, and that we've been reset, declared not guilty. So, going back to the beginning of the sermon, are we not a Christian if we're struggling with sin? We absolutely are. It becomes a problem when we're not struggling. Then we should be alarmed. If we're just giving into sin uh, and not struggling, then that, that's a problem. So as we live this life, continue to struggle as, you're strugg- as you live to live the reset life. And as you struggle, continue to focus on Jesus. Look to Him for strength. Look to Him uh, for patience and perseverance. Look to Him for forgiveness as you live this reset life. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You that You have declared us not guilty, that You have made us a new creation, and that You have won the victory over sin for us. Uh, We thank You that it's not up to us whether heaven is ours or not, but You won that for us. And we thank You for that. Uh, We ask that as we try to live this reset life and live a life for You, that You be with us, You guide us and lead us, You give us Your grace upon grace, so that we may have strength to fight temptation and to live for you. Continue to be with us. Pick us up when we fall. Remind us of your unconditional, and, uh, unconditional love that you have for each and every one of us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.